Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash Rinko Lieber. another day in paradise because you got me dr steve and if only that was enough to muscle through the pain and discomfort of being next to that guy over there james the exploding unicorn breakwell you've stumbled upon wrong and wronger the podcast where we argue about things that don't matter to anybody and apparently james there was a big one hanging there that we've never touched what are we going to argue today we are going to argue Paper versus plastic. I have no idea how this doesn't come up. We'd, I thought we had argued everything even remotely important, and we had not. We just left this one sitting there on the field, and nobody suggested it. And now I'm going to get a million messages, and by a million I mean two from the people who did suggest it, and then we ignored it. But hey, that's what happens. Well, it's possible we get a message from someone that says, you actually did do this one, but that would require someone to listen to the show. And James, you know as well as I do, that's never going to happen. Hey. hey, Judy P., how you doing? <laughs> I did but scroll James, through our list of episodes before this, though, because neither of us can remember what we've argued. We can't remember what we argued last week, let alone like a year ago. So I quickly <laughs> scrolled through it, and I did not see Paper versus Plastic. That is 100% more research than we have put into any of other other episodes. So uh, we actually did some legwork beforehand today, Steve. This should be a good one. Wow, and I even said it in sort of a halting way that suggested, of course we've done this one. <laughs> but as it turns out, we only might have done this one. It's the ambiguity that makes this exciting, the mystery, the unknown. <laughs> oh, there's so many things that make this exciting, James, none of which have anything to do with the show. But I, I didn't ask you how you were doing today. How are you doing, James? I am doing wonderful because 15 minutes from now, I will no longer have to talk to you, and I will be at the furthest point from having to talk to you again for the entire uh. week. It's like a utopia, that little <laughs> island that comes after we hang up. All right. You said a minute ago that we don't even remember what we argued last week. But here's one thing we do remember from last week, James. Steve won the poll. See, I don't remember that at all. So I, you just, you just lost that argument, too. <laughs> that no, is, that is not how I sure. recall events. <laughs> Now, I recall it very uh, very clearly because it uh, it led to a whole conversation I had in my mind about how awesome I am. It's not a conversation I have often, but a lot of times <laughs> when I compare myself to you, it comes up. Yeah, it's not a conversation you have often or out loud because no one will ever agree with you. But inside <laughs> your head, you are the king of your own domain. So so good for, good for the well, Steve inside your head. You, you're winning those shower arguments. I want to thank all the Russian bots for coming together and programming the algorithm to vote for Steve this week. It's flattering. I'm touched. Do you remember what you won? You mean like a new car? No. Like, press on nails? You, you, you only win. If, if you did win, which I'm not willing to concede, you, you only win the pride of winning. But do you remember what oh. debate you won? Was uh, was it coffee versus tea? No, was it nope. hot coffee versus cold coffee? There you go. It was iced coffee versus hot coffee. 
That's the, what it, did I just say? You, did I say you, ice versus cold? You well, at first you said coffee versus tea, and then I just stopped listening. So you know what? Generally, after the first five or six <laughs> words you say, it's pretty safe <laughs> to just tune too. out. So, uh, yeah. Yes, I had hot coffee. I think. Yeah, I mean, which you know sells a trillion times more than iced coffee. So you had a little bit of an advantage, but it mattered so much to you, you had to really think about the debate you won, which just shows why you should have lost. Which, as far as I know, you probably did. <laughs> Well, we always start these debates with compliments, and uh, wow, we've got a lot of momentum going into the compliment <laughs> portion of the program here, James, but I let you go first because I need I need a little time to kind of sort through what I actually have to say to you, but what do you got for me this week? I would like to compliment you on having a son who eats as much as I do. I know you're you're over there trying to make your negative money off the podcast here, uh, and you still got this this son to feed, and he eats like an entire deer a day. I'm I'm really impressed, and hopefully he's going to grow up, you know, big and tall and strong and all the things that you aren't. So props to you for somehow passing down the gene for a healthy appetite, or at least not suppressing the gene he got from his wife to actually turn into a decent human being. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not married yet, but I'm sure he will marry a decent human being. <laughs> and the fact that he'll be tall and athletic is where, too, he diverges from your path. But yes, he recently took a job that is remarkably physical, like much more so than I could have ever imagined. All he does, he goes and returns carts from the parking lot to the store at Walmart. And uh, he wears a, like a Fitbit watch. Um, and in, in the two shifts, he's had a full like eight hour shift. He walked 28,000 and 27,000 steps wow. on those consecutive days, pushing ostensibly 400 pounds worth of carts, like 10 to 12 of those shopping carts, because he can't use the electric pusher. You gotta be 18 to use that thing. <laughs> so, so he is manually shoving those things through the parking lot and it's like, God dang, I can't imagine how many calories that burns. And when he comes home, he eats our home. That's kind of the way that it works. Like the dog like uh, keeps moving because anything that slows down is getting eaten. You've just got to love the, the safety regulation there. It's unsafe for a miner to use this machine <laughs> that would eliminate all physical labor. It is safe for them to use their back. Like that <laughs> is the opposite of how that should probably go. Although he is probably young enough and has enough cartilage in his spine to still recover from that. Uh, 10 years from now, not so much. Well, it's amazing. He goes to his skate workout in the morning mm -hmm. for hockey and then goes right to Walmart and walks 27,000 steps <laughs> pushing carts. It's like, and then he wakes up the next day and I said, are you sore? And he said, no, not really. So, all right. I'd be dead. <laughs> if like only. just on the drive to the Walmart. But anyway, James, I want to compliment you on two things. Another one came to mind as you were asking or uh, delivering my compliment to me because I do hear some yelling in the background and your ability as a parent to tune out your children, I think is above and beyond what most parents end up achieving. Most parents have like a happy place they'll go to when there's chaos surrounding them. You're one, you like level up from there. James. Like, it's almost as if they don't even exist for you. And that is a remarkable ability. Yes, and a fine parenting move. I actually had to break up a meal to record with you. They would be dining behind me and a little bit <laughs> off to the side there. I, but you know what? They were sitting there, they were lingering, they were on dessert, and I banished them upstairs because I have to record a podcast literally nobody listens to or watches. So, you know, I've got <laughs> hey. my priorities straight. Judy P pays attention. <laughs> One listener. That's all right. It's, you know, we're going for quality over quantity here. 
and she is quality. The other one, the one that I had earlier, was that you finally caught up with just how pathetic this whole endeavor is for us when you said, we don't even remember. It's in one ear and out the other and moving on to the next thing in life. And that's kind of the way we roll, James. I think it's a karma thing or a reincarnation thing. Like, at some point in the distant past, we did something to deserve this purgatory. This podcast <laughs> is, is my stone I'm rolling up the hill that just keeps going back. And it's, it, it's not making any progress, but yet I can't bring myself to quit either. And so here we are, just, just stuck with each other. <laughs> And I think somehow we both deserve it. We, we, are, we are exactly what we deserve here. And that is the most depressing thought of all. A little tip of the stone to Sisyphus there. But we flip the uh, National Park <laughs> quarter of fate here at the office. And James, what shall the two sides represent for you today? Heads, I am arguing paper. Tails, I am arguing plastic. Heads is paper. Tails is plastic. It is up. It is down. And it is heads. You, sir, have paper. Well, that is great because paper is what keeps us going. Paper bags can be recycled. You use that paper bag, you put it in the recycling bin, and it becomes a new paper bag or some kid's notebook or an actual published book. You know, there are so many great things that you can make with paper. And your argument against paper is going to be, well, you have to cut down trees to make paper. Here's the thing. You don't get on a farmer when he harvests his corn because you know he's going to plant more corn. He keeps back a certain amount of seeds to make it sustainable. Lumber yards and, uh, you know, uh, uh, what lumberjacks, that's the word I was looking for. Words are hard today. They do the same thing. Logging companies, for every tree they harvest, they, they plant several more so they will have crops of trees going decades in the future. And in fact, uh, the biggest swaths of preserved forest outside of national parks are land that's owned by logging companies. Because if they... If they bulldoze some trees and then build a house there, they can never grow trees there again. They've cut off their supply. So what they do is they cut down trees and they plant more trees in the same spot, and that stays forest forever. If it weren't for logging companies, all of that land would now be subdivisions uh, holding, you know, other Steve Olivas compounds out there. You know, the, uh, the we, we, we know that yours, your house takes up a forest all on its own. So these paper bags, these paper products are actually helping us preserve uh, native habitat for wildlife and keeping things sustainable. Uh, plastic doesn't do any of those things. Plastic is a burden on the environment. Plastic takes a billion years to decompose. And uh, plastic just leads to more forests being cut down because if you don't have the demand for paper, you don't have the forest set aside for sustainable logging, and then you get subdivisions, and then you get Steve. So it's just a, it's a cause and effect <laughs> relationship. So more wow. paper bags, less Steve. <laughs> so all roads lead to Steve. Yes. When you take that paper bag. <laughs> wow. I, I, wait, the plastic bag leads to Steve? I'm a little confused at your confabulated argument, James. But you started with these are recyclable, and I think plastic is recyclable. There's actually a receptacle in the front of the store where you can bring your plastic bags back to. And I don't know if they melt them down and remake bags or if they squirt them with some Windex and put them back on the shelves. I don't care because plastic is so darn convenient. You don't ever try to pick it up and have the whole thing rip and now you got two chunks of paper in your hand. It's never ripped down the side. Once in a while you'll lose one of the handles, but it's like an airplane. If you lose the left engine, the left wing engine, you got the right wing engine to rely on. And the plastic bag has two of those handles built right in. You don't have to carry it like a baby 
on your chest when you're walking to your car trying to do the hands-free door open in the back. Nah, plastic. You can hold like four, five, six bags at a time if you just slip your hand through all of those little rings and now you got them like Thor moving through the parking lot. Actually, I kind of picture myself as Thor. Anyway, Mrs. Steve would prefer Aquaman, but uh, uh, the guy's fishy. Anyway, but the other thing you said was that trees get replanted and James... I grew up like on a cornfield, like one bordered our backyard, and it didn't seem like corn takes 37 years to grow. It looks like those trees don't pop up between May and September like corn does. It... All right, I don't know what just happened. There was a little glitch in the universe and somehow Steve fell out. And you know this podcast is nothing without Steve. So thank goodness we're back. And that. Uh, I'll just wrap up my point here, James. Plastic is more convenient, totally recyclable, and doesn't take 37 years to replenish. I don't know what you can do to argue against that. Well, now I don't even know if I'm arguing against the right thing. So full disclosure here, Lister, <laughs> we recorded like four minutes after this, but Steve had gotten a phone call and it kicked him out of recording. So I might be arguing after a point that got cut or not recorded, but you know what? We're just going to jump in there. Your, okay. your statement that uh, trees take too long. They take 37 years to grow. So yeah. Steve, do you use yeah. a real tree or a plastic tree at Christmas? Oh, we have an artificial tree. Okay, that's good. I think I argued that once before. An artificial is clearly better. But some people do prefer the real trees. And for those people, uh, you'll notice that they're available every year. Because a Christmas tree takes 15 years to grow. It's not like you can get a Christmas tree this year, and then for 14 years nobody gets a Christmas tree, and then the 15th year everybody gets Christmas trees again. They plant them on a rolling basis. So they'll plant them this year, 15 years from now people can get them. They'll plant them next year, and then 15 years after that, people get it. So there are Christmas trees every year. It works the same way with logging. That tree might take 10 or 15 or 20 or 30 years to grow, but there's a rotating crop of them always available. They cut down the trees here, and they plant them again, and 30 years later, they'll come back to that same spot. And then 30 years later, there's just every single year, there's some new place that has just newly become mature enough to be cut down. Not only that, as you do it, you get different kinds of habitat. So you get... Uh, you get, you know, oh, the mature forest, you get the upcoming forest, you actually get the grassland, the plain as well, after a, an area has been cut all the way down, and there's all sorts of different wildflowers, different kinds of animals that enjoy that, uh, that lower grass. But let's talk about something that you're familiar with and switch gears here for a second. I want to talk oh. about your comfort zone, the lowest common denominator. And this last <laughs> time, when I finally got to the lowest common denominator, you threw the podcast so that I wouldn't have to continue because you were so afraid of my argument. But I wasn't listening anyway, to be fair, but all right. Okay, so here's the thing. We know that I recycle because I'm an upstanding human being, and we know that I, I don't know what you do. We're not going to make any assumptions about you. But <laughs> for people who aren't as responsible as me, they might not recycle. They might just throw away their plastic bag, or they might throw away their paper bag. And if they do that, that paper bag will dissolve in just a few months. The first time it rains on that paper bag in the garbage dump, that paper bag is gone. It is just dissolved back into the earth. That paper bag or that plastic bag, that plastic bag is going to be there forever. So for the majority of people who don't recycle, a paper bag has no negative impact on the environment. For the people who don't recycle the plastic bag, it is an eyesore for the rest of eternity, uh, which makes me think of you. So I'm gonna toss it back to you so you can close this out of here. All roads go back to Steve. All right. Really, Jay, there's only like a dozen people in the U.S. that use real trees anyway. It's not like they've got to be planting, planting, planting. And all right, what do you got when you roll the dice? 
All right, so if you want to argue for paper and the preservations of the woodland and the forces of good, vote for 23. If you want to vote for plastic and the perpetual eyesore that is Steve, vote for <laughs> nine. And if you want to throw your vote away, vote for 72. All right. Well, if you want to vote for James and a guy who is cynical to the point that he doesn't believe in the relative good nature of people, he thinks all of you are litter bugs <laughs> and that uh, you just set things on fire and throw them out the car window, vote for 23. That's LeBron James's number. You know what an attitude that guy's got. If you want to vote for Steve and somebody who believes in the pure essence of humanity, vote for nine, which I think, was that Greg Nettles' number on the 78 New York Yankees, James? I'm not even going to get into that with you. If you want to throw your vote away, vote for 72, which is how old I feel when I'm next to James. Happy belated birthday, Frankwell. Until next week, this is Steve Olivas, Dr. Steve, for James, the birthday boy, Frankwell. Saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and remember, two wrongs can make a right.